0: Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast for music and missions, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. As one. All right, y'all ready for this? So I'm going to bring bring a, a short but power-packed message, uh, the Word of the Lord for today. And uh, isn't this been amazing? The testimonies, the fruit of of people's labor. You know, it doesn't just happen. People lay down their lives to see others transformed, and we're so grateful for all who have sown into this, been part of this. But let's jump into the Word for this morning. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. I have a passage that we're going to read. And this comes from 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. This is Apostle Paul writing, but he says to me, or he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Wow, that's deep. You all sit down. Okay, so let's get into this. First of all, I, I, I can't remember the last time when we had a July 4th on a Sunday. I don't even know if I remember preaching on a July 4th Sunday. I don't know, but here we are. I think it's a good thing. Because, you know, we speak of July 4th, we think of Independence Day. I'm originally from Canada. I'm an American citizen as well, but, but I grew up in Canada, so I have a different perspective. Came down here when I was 21 years old. And let me tell you something. I love this country. I mean, it is so unique. It's so special. We've been given so much, so much blessing, so much bounty. And all you got to do is travel a little bit. Anyone travel a little bit? And you begin to see a perspective. I remember when I was a young man, I was playing in a Christian band, and we went all through Europe and the Eastern Bloc nations, and then we went right into Russia while it was still communist, okay? And, uh, man, I have never been to a place so dark and depressing, and people are lifeless. The only people that had life, even a spark of life, were the Christians or the children. The children hadn't been crushed yet, but it was so lifeless. And so, people, we need to celebrate the freedoms that we have in this nation and never take it for granted. And we know there's a lot up for grabs right now. There's a real battle for the destiny of this nation. But I'm agreeing with, with Austin this morning Just saying, you know, I believe the best is yet to come. I believe there's a generation arising. I believe God's going to raise a standard, okay? Uh, Isaiah 59, 19 is one of my main themes the Lord's had me camp out on for years. And it speaks of just jumping into the verse. says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. That means conflict. That means we have to be warriors. But that means there is an enemy. There is a foe. Anyone notice there's an enemy against our nation? Anyone notice there's an enemy against you? Right? We, we live in a war zone if you're on planet Earth. we got to get used to it. That's why he says, put on the full armor of God. Right? You wouldn't put on armor just for show or just for fun. That means there is a battle at hand. All you young people, listen to this now. Because if you don't learn to fight and fight young you won't survive the times we're in. Anyone, anyone already lived long enough to figure that out? That we got to fight the good fight of faith. And we fight different. We don't fight with carnal weapons, with guns and, 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 and different things like this. We fight primarily, watch this, with spiritual weapons that are powerful for the tearing down of fortresses. For the demolishing of strongholds. I remember when we first came in here and we started working in the inner city, it looked impossible. It looked like, man, just run away. It was dangerous. That's what everyone just said. Just get away. It's dangerous. You don't wanna you don't wanna go there, let alone get involved. But we got involved by God's grace, because we we read the red letters of Jesus and we were stirred. We were challenged. We're like, man, we're gonna do something. But one of the things that we, we, we began to discover in this community, there's prostitution all up and down this street. There was dog fights back here. The whole corner, that whole area was all drug dealers and uh, single moms and children everywhere. And, and, and so we're like, this looks impossible. It looks crazy. But I knew there was strongholds. There was places that the, there was nests of sin, if you will, where, the, where it was coming from. One of the places was a place called the Sunnyside Inn right down the road, at the end of the street right here. And, and we began, you know, we went into, into the drug corner, into the, some of the crack houses. We got to know the drug dealers. We got involved. And God began to bring transformation one by one. But there was this one corner, this den of iniquity, as you'd say, right on the corner. And we only opened around 9 p.m. And it stayed open all night long. And there was people who were gunned down and knifed. And there was a prostitution hub. And I said, Lord, should we go in there and meet people and greet people and just try to be a light? He said, don't go in there. I was like, well, that's where it's coming from. What do we do? <laughs> he said, drop bombs on it. Use your spiritual weapons. I was like, really? That's what we're doing? So for about two years, we began to cry out for Joe Johnson. It was the name of the community. We, we, we on thunder on, on Friday nights and, and intercession and worship. And then we prayed for the Sunnyside Inn. We're like, that's what they called it. It was like oxymoron. Sunnyside Inn. And it was pure darkness. And we prayed for this. And we were just like, and we begin to pray and just hammer away, just by faith, just because God said so, just because he said he's given us weapons to change things. Don't look at America and go, man, it's over. You know, just roll over and play dead. No, he's given you weapons to demolish strongholds. So, so one day, one of our young guys comes running down the street. He's all out of breath. He's like, he's like Scott, you're not going to believe it. you got to come down here now. He's like, <laughs> so I just start running down there with him. We go down. We get there, and there's police cars everywhere. There's all these people. It looked like a slow-motion mover. I was just walking around, kind of like. And I look at the owner of this place, and he's, he's there. He's just, he's just cussing. He's angry and all this stuff. But what had happened was the whole place had imploded. It just collapsed, just boom, like God stepped on it like a bug. <laughs> and, and, and the bricks blew out so hard it bro- broke the windows of the cars that were parked beside it. And no one knew why. And police are standing there and they're like, what has happened? And and the the the, the owners say, I'm going to build it back, but you know, bigger and a whole thing and all this stuff. And uh, and so I just start rejoicing. I said, No, you're not. <laughs> I was like this was this is the Lord. This was those spiritual weapons to demolish strongholds. No one was killed, but I'm telling you, God took out an entire stronghold that began to shift the neighborhood. I got I got so many stories like that because when you step out and do what Jesus said. Stuff happens. Stuff that you you start telling your children and your grandchildren about because it's, it's God on the move, doing things on your behalf as you step out in faith. So God will raise up a standard, and he's using a young generation, okay? All through the Bible, he uses young people. You can just think about it, David, Daniel, Mary. I mean, almost every single one of them, Gideon, they're teenagers. He calls them up at a young age, and it goes on. And he says, uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, it looks like we're flooded in some ways when you look around our nation. But God is raising up a standard. We saw it yesterday. They all, every single one of them shared testimonies out at Greg's place uh, up in Kentucky. And it was just profound to hear what God's stirring in the hearts of these young ones. For the teenagers, you know, here's the reality. The devil wants to make you a statistic, but God wants to make you his standard. Okay? Okay. We know the devil wants to take you out, snuff you out at the earliest age possible, if he could. But he can't. God's got his hand on you, and God is forming you and molding you and fashioning you, sharpening you. It's not easy to be forged. You come into an old foundry like this, that's where they forge metal. First, you've got to extract all the, all the impurities, and then you've got to turn up the fire. But eventually, you've got something useful. And that's what this was part of the Marathon Car Factory, the old foundry. We kept the name, Okay. And so that's what happens. That's what's happening in the spirit right now. And so um, God begins to raise up a standard. Raise up a standard. Now, the standard also means, it's another, I looked up the dictionary for it because I'd heard it before. I wanted to see it. But it said it's, it's, a level, it's a level of quality. First definition. Next one is an idea or something used to measure a norm or a model. Okay, the standard, right? But also it's a flag, to raise up a standard. And on a day like this, such a day, and we think of our nation, and this nation is to be a standard. How's that going to happen? Let me tell you, primarily only one way, the church of Jesus Christ. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. If the righteous don't rule and reign and speak out and shine bright, even in times of gross darkness, arise and shine and let your light shine. You know, we believe that these are the greatest times where you're going to see people awakening right now. You're going to see people awakening and seeing darkness for what it is. The worst is when everyone's just lulled to sleep, apathetic, indifferent, especially within the church, not on mission. We're to endure hardship as good soldiers of Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so God is raising up a standard, okay? His standard in the earth. And we, now, how's he going to do that? We read a scripture that doesn't quite sound like what I'm talking about. Because the Lord told me, he said, talk to the thunder campers about weakness. What? It's like, why weakness? I mean, you think we want to hype it up and build it up? Because God's kingdom is opposite. It's kind of, it's upside down than the way the world thinks. You know, the world thinks of the, the survival of the strongest, of the fittest. But God comes along and he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made, what? Perfect. What? Perfect? And what? Weakness. So we have to learn to embrace weakness. Not just strength, not like, look at me, I can do all that, or look at my gifts, and, you know, that's the way the world works. But in the body of Christ, there's something called the cross that we're to carry daily. Now, the cross rep- reprimands. Uh, represented utter weakness back in the Roman days. It's like, are you kidding me? Like if someone's carrying a cross, they're they're a dead man walking. They're like they're they're on their way to, to crucifixion. They're on their way to death. And and Jesus comes and says, For my disciples there'll be a standard that they'll carry. It's a cross. And so uh, power being made perfect. Who wants perfect? Who wants some perfect power? God said there's a way. We're gonna look at it right now. So therefore Apostle Paul says I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. When's the last time you boasted about your weakness? We usually try to hide our weakness. Like, I don't want everyone to know that. They might not like me. You know, I, I, what I love, Sarah started off the, this week talking about being delivered of fear, primarily fear, fear of man. And one of the, the traps, especially for teenagers, but it, it lasts all the days of your life. It's like, I want, I want everyone to like me. I'm so concerned. Everyone, everyone like me. you are going to get over that. You don't even like everyone. So just get over it, okay? No, not everyone's gonna like you. Don't put a standard on them that you can't even do yourself, okay? Just get over it, it's done. Not everyone's gonna like you, you're not gonna like everyone, but you're gonna learn to love everyone in the name of Jesus. Come on, woo! See, love transcends. Okay, so, therefore I boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Who wants some power resting on you up in here? Come on. Man, it's something different when God's power is just resting on you. You don't have to do so much. You don't have to con, con, uh, stir stuff up in and, and your own strength, our own strength. You know, the, the thoughts of the wisdom are futile to God. The thoughts of the wise are futile to God. Like, it, if we don't get convinced that apart from him, like David said, I can do nothing and I have no good thing. See, the, part of it, you got to be convinced. Someone say convinced. That we need Jesus. Then we need him. And then apart from him, Jesus said it himself when he was doing his ministry on earth. Here's the son of God, the son of man. And he says this, John 5.30, he says, By myself I can do nothing. That's Jesus talking. Hello? Do you think you can do anything really that matters for eternity? If Jesus says, apart from being connected to Father God, nothing. I'm disconnected just like any other human. But when we plug in, and then he goes on to say, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Anyone interested in bearing fruit? For without me, you can do nothing. And so first of all, young people, old people, everyone in between, we need to be convinced that apart from him, nada. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing will remain. It's the Lord, it's the vine himself that produces fruit. Wow. Come on, someone. And so, and, and going back to 2 Corinthians, just for one, one last time here, it says, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. Are you kidding me? Delight in weaknesses? In insults? When's the last time you delighted in an insult? You're blessed when you're persecuted. See, it's so opposite. got we've got to train our brain to think in a, in a godly fashion through the Word of God. It changes everything. He says he delights in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. Watch this. Here's the secret. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's do that again. That felt good. When I am weak, then I am strong. One more time. Let it sink in. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Because what happens in weakness, we become dependent here on Independence Day, I'm going to talk to you about being dependent on God. Yeah, independence from tyranny and all the stuff of the world. But I'm telling you, if we on a day like this, we should cling to the Lord even more so. Amen. Our dependence. Remember Jesus said, "Blessed are the poor." See, when you're weak, when you're poor, you're dependent. I mean, you're not going anywhere. You got no resource, you got nothing to offer. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the poor in spirit. For there's the kingdom of heaven. Come on. There's something like we don't want to even come across weak or poor or insufficient. We want to put a good front on. I'm telling you guys, there's something when you get set free, truly delivered, you can be yourself. And you can be okay with the fact that you got nothing to offer apart from him. But when you come into that divine synchronicity with the Lord and you plug into that power source by saying, God, if you don't show up, nothing's happening. If you don't show up when I speak, when I sing, when I go to school, if, if, if you're not the witness shining through me, nothing's going to happen. And when we're convinced of that, we're set in a place where stuff starts to happen in your school. We've seen schools turned upside down. We've seen teenagers lit up. We're seeing, we're seeing a standard being raised all through this region. I pray for every state that's represented here, every, every city represented. Lord, raise up your standard, God. And so we declare our dependence on we need a Savior. Who is that savior? Who is that savior? Who's the savior of the world? I mean, that's one of the greatest evangelism tools. Like, I don't know about you, but I need a savior. I'm convinced. I'm, I'm, I know I'm a sinner. I know I have a dark heart apart from the Lord washing me with his blood. We need a savior. Look at the world right now. The systems of men are failing. It's actually a great time to witness, to be a light. Look, look around. It's amazing. Who is the answer? Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above Him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Woo! Come on, someone. I'm trying. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we can't save ourselves, but we have a savior who takes us out of helplessness, hopelessness, out of the, when we were dead in our sins and transgressions. Christ died for us we're washed in the blood. This is all good news. Amen? Amen. And so we come to a place of dependency. We're talking about dependence on Independence Day. We, We need to be dependent on the victory of the cross. Dependent on the victory of the cross where sin and death and hell and even the devil himself is defeated. The victory of the cross. How many of you guys understand that you guys are called to be enforcers of that victory? Because God, in his wisdom, allowed the devil to still rummage around and do some guerrilla warfare. Even though he's already a defeated fo- foe, he's seeking who he can devour. And we are the ones who enforce the victory. You say, uh-uh, not in my school. Uh-uh, not in my family. I plead the blood. The victory of the cross, setting captives free. And, he, and it goes on to say, Apostle Paul talks of this. He says, Boast only in the Lord, to boast only in the Lord and in His cross. May, he says in Galatians six fourteen. You hear a lot of people boasting about all kinds of things. You know the pride of man, the pride of life. Everybody's boasting, trying to be a name, fame, game. Welcome to Nashville, and and uh, and so. But then there comes this opposite spirit, where uh, Paul says this. He says, "May I never boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has." been crucified to me, and I to the world. May I never boast. Imagine if we we were that dependent on the Lord, that convinced of our salvation through him, through the finished work of the cross, that we we have nothing to brag about. We have nothing to boast. We're saved by grace so that no man can boast, so we don't get in self-righteousness. Does this make it sense? And so, may I never boast except through the cross. Um, and he says, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So what does that mean? That means we just talk about Jesus. We just drop little hints and clues and references and to God be the glory. Wherever we go, we're pointing to him. We're a witness. People go, man, you're different. What, did, what got into you? Well, how come you? How come you don't do what everyone else does? You don't act like you don't talk the same. And we can, all those time we boast in the Lord. We tell of our Lord. All right? And, and part of that, this is the final thought that Jesus says this, he says that to his disciples, he says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, in other words, crucify selfishness, take up his cross daily and follow. He says this, anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot, watch this, cannot be my disciple. Anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. So, guys, how imperative is it that we embrace the cross, that we carry the cross? It's very evidence that we're truly his disciple and that we're following him. And what does the cross represent? I believe it represents, again, dependence on Jesus, dependence on the victory of our Savior. They're saying, you know, apart from him, I'm, I'm dead, I'm dead in my sins. I have no hope. But through the victory of the cross, and we, rem- we carry that cross with us. We carry that message with us. We carry the power of the cross. Woo, come on, someone. So God is raising up a standard. Uh, what I'd like to see right now is all the, l- l- let's say all the teenagers in the house, let's stand up right now. All the teenagers in the house, stand up. I just want to pray a blessing. I'm going to end now because we've got to, we've got to finish up. But, and, and all the adults or anyone who's still sitting, I want you to just extend your hand, your hearts to these young ones because they're on the front line. It's not easy being a teenager. We all know that. We've all lived that one, and especially in the times we're in. But I believe God's going to put such a grace on you guys to carry the cross, to be a light, to be a standard. So, Father, we pray right now over these young ones, Lord. We just thank you, Lord. You don't leave us as orphans. You'll never leave them. Never forsake them. You are with them. You're a whisper to them in the morning, Lord. You're thunder in the daytime. Lord, they can hear your voice, Lord. As, as Zachary was saying, that, that they can they can receive visions and revelation from you, Lord. Understanding of the Word of God, wisdom beyond their years, Lord. Lord, would you surround them with good friends? And if they're in a situation where they're depleted of godly friends, Lord, would you begin to rework their situation as soon as they get home, Lord? Re- reorder their family, reorder their, 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 um, their friendships. And Lord, Lord, give them a company to run with, a company of young prophetic fiery ones, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that you are doing wonders in these young ones, Lord. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. And I'm looking at this standard right now against him. Don't be afraid of conflict. Don't, try to win a popularity contest it's not about that it's about being faithful to the lord faithful to the lord if you're ashamed of him he'll be ashamed of you but if you boast of him he will boast of you before his father in heaven Woo! come on in jesus mighty name we pray and all god's people say amen amen.